It is a spring break edition of the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast. We don't have Carmen Electra, but I hope you have your sunscreen, your bathing suit, because we have a massive episode today with a major announcement with the podcast. I'm going to join the Beautiful Game Network. What does that mean for this podcast? I'll have operator of the BGN, Mike Sparks, to talk about it and to give his take also on the Eastern Conference. We will also preview the USL's Western Conference. I have Evan Eister on from Indomitable City Soccer, otherwise known as Iron Pony Chef for you folks out there. He's going to give his take on the wild, wild west. Roughnecks were in action in Chicago and in San Antonio. We'll review that little match. Also, preview their upcoming match with St. Louis FC. But first, it's time to get to the basement, center part of your house, get the blankets, the pillows, because it is time for another episode of the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Beer Garden Wine and Spirits in Jinx, Oklahoma, your craft beer destination with over 550 different beers in stock. Named best beer store in Oklahoma by mensjournal.com in 2016. You can follow Beer Garden on Untapped and be the first to know when they add new beers. Beer Garden also carries a full selection of wine and spirits to cover all your beverage needs. That's Beer Garden in Jinx right off Main Street next to Louie's. That's where I go to resupply for my needs, so I know Ian personally, and those folks will get you squared away on all your spirits or beer selections. And also tell them you heard it on the podcast. Big announcement this week. The podcast is moving to the Beautiful Game Network. This is great news for fans of the podcast. We are now on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and, and of course, SoundCloud. Uh, I have Mike Sparks on here to talk about what this means and the collaboration between uh, the Beautiful Game Network and the Tornado Alley podcast. All right, folks, we have a special guest on today to explain what all this Beautiful Game Network means to the viewers or to the listeners and uh, who's on to explain what it's all about. Mike Sparks with the Beautiful Game Network. Mike, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, Roger. How are you? Uh, I'm doing very well. Great to talk to you and get a chance to chat with you before before the we started recording here. Uh, so kind of tell folks uh, who are listening today what the Beautiful Game Network is and, and what it means to the folks who uh, listen to this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So the Beautiful Game Network really, uh, it, it, was, it was just an idea that we had. There was a group of us who, um, who all sort of had individual uh, podcasts related to soccer or football or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we realized that we were bouncing a lot of ideas off of each other. And, and in some cases, we had, you know, a, a few, we had one show that we, that we really worked on, but it was really dealing with different topics. And so we had this idea of, okay, well, let's, let's break that one show into multiple shows. And, mm-hmm. and now we need some banner to put that under. And, and that's where we got this idea for the Beautiful Game Network, where anybody who listens to podcasts knows that if there's something that you're really interested in, you really sort of have to dig for it to find, you know, that niche of, of who's talking about it. Cause odds sure. are somebody's talking about it somewhere. Right. Right. And, uh, and so when you're creating a podcast as well, oftentimes it could feel like you're on an Island trying mm-hmm. to figure all this out on your own. There's a lot of resources on how to do a podcast, but sure. you know, Roger, you know, sometimes it feels like you're just talking to yourself. And so <laughs> and um, I am usually in somebody, maybe somebody's <laughs> listening. <laughs> and so, you know, what we wanted to do was basically create this, this, uh, this network where people can go when they want to find podcasts related to soccer or football, or just, you know, the beautiful game. Sure. Um, as, as, uh, as most people call it. And, uh, and, have it be this shared resource where if people are looking for soccer podcasts, they can go there, they could find it. But also for the hosts, we want to be able to help everyone create the best possible show that they can. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people doing podcasts, you know, they're just starting out. They're not sure. They're not sure about, you know, production quality and marketing and all of those sorts of things. And so we really sort of come in and we say, Hey, listen, you know, we've been doing this for a little while. These are some of the lessons learned that we have. Here's our network of all of these other hosts that you now have access to. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want guests for your show, if you're trying to talk about a specific team, um, you know, these people really know what they're talking about. If you need access to certain teams, you know, we can help you get access to certain teams. And, uh, and yeah, really just, help 
other podcasters do what they do as best as they possibly can. Because we've been there and we know that it can be a struggle at times, but we know that there's also fan bases out there desperate for this type of content. And we want to make sure that that content is as good for them as it possibly can be. So we sort of come in and like I said, we just sort of share ideas, share resources and, uh, and really just try to grow the, the general conversation about soccer um, overall. And, uh, and so far, you know, things have been really, really good. We have, we have six shows on the network and, um, you know, just the, a lot of the discussions between the hosts of like, Hey, I had this idea for this thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, we use this sort of technology to do this over here. It's just leading to every one of the shows on the network being, um, you know, so much better produced and have so much great content. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot, a lot of fun. Um, you know, to, and, I, and, to do this. and one of the things, you know, I always like talking to news folks because the news people, they all talk to each other and, yeah. you know, even one guy could be covering soccer, but he knows what's going on on the civic side. And, and I feel like already just in this brief time that we have those conversations like, Hey, what's going on in St. Louis or Hey, what's going on over here with these guys? What are you guys hearing? And, yeah. and it's really good to kind of get the know because, you know, uh, in Tulsa, I, you know, I really just focus on Tulsa. Uh, try to focus a little bit on Oklahoma City, but you don't get that collaborative, uh, I guess, that collaborative involvement uh, from the from the other podcasters. So so far, you know, that's that's been exciting on my end, and then also for you know the listeners, I think, you know, I've, I've had people email me, you know, message me, say, hey, are you on iTunes? Are you on Stitcher? Are you on these platforms? And and I'm just a one man show, so it's like, well, I've, I've got the SoundCloud. How about that? And and folks want that uh, that those additional options and and talk about that uh, as far as the bgn you know how that how you're helping on that end as well yeah no absolutely and and i think that you know a lot of people especially podcasters when you mm-hmm. get started um trying to get you know your content on itunes feels like this this daunting task so sure. again because we've been through that, um, that's something that we offer to, to any of the podcasters that want to come on and, and do a show. So, sure. you know, your show now, um, in addition to, you know, wherever it is you're posting it, if you go over to BGN, it's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, plus there's mm-hmm. an RSS feed. So if you're using some standalone um, application, uh, maybe on an Android device or something like that, you can just grab the RSS feed and listen to it there as well. But uh, yeah, anybody who wants to listen now to your show can, uh, can go to bgn.fm. Click on your show page, um, Mm -hmm. and there are links right there that you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. um, And that way, you know, every time you release a new show, it automatically shows up uh, on your device, and you can listen to it right away rather than having to go and and dig for it online. Or me Um, go spam it on my Facebook and all the Facebook groups and Twitter, (laughs) maybe Instagram, maybe MySpace. I'm not sure wherever else I can spam it, but (laughs) (laughs) that's what we need is a MySpace page. But anyway, uh, so that's that's where I know I'm excited. And uh, and I know I was really excited that you reached out. We we got this partnership going and, and certainly expect bigger things to, you know, this things we're, we're, we're kind of, we haven't even got our legs underneath us yet. So, uh, you know, the sky's the limit, or as Michael Jordan says, uh, the ceilings, the, the, what does he say? The, the roof's the ceiling or something. Anyway, um, so, well, I butchered that. Good job, Raj. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we're exci- I'm excited about it and, uh, and certainly getting, you know, and also we talked beforehand, uh, getting the blog post going is something that I, I dig, I, dabbled into last year you know time permitting i'll get back into that and obviously uh, the bgn will be a resource for that so folks that are interested you know once we get to that point we'll we'll be able to post those out there for uh, the listeners and people who who are the the readers out there so to speak that can they can do that as well so exciting stuff exciting stuff mike and and you know i have to ask you since i have you on the horn here i know you run a podcast the mongols uh, podcast that covers Pittsburgh Riverhounds. And I know we don't talk a lot of the East here on the podcast, but for those who are listening that may not be familiar, Pittsburgh Riverhounds had a very similar season to Tulsa last year, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we we're kind of, uh, you know, um, I guess masochists in a way. There were fans of these teams that struggled a little bit last year, but that's yeah. okay. It happens. part of it, right? <laughs> yeah. So what are you expecting this year with for the Riverhounds? Do you think it'll be a rebound season, or do you still kind of feel like they'll be kind of there towards the bottom? What do you think? I feel like, you know, the USL is – it's evolving in such a way that mm-hmm. I think is really good. 
but I'm also concerned for some of these teams that have been around for a long time. Um, you know, the team that, that really made a lot of noise in the East last year was FC Cincinnati because they basically came in, they sold out their stadium, they have sure. all this money, they, they get all these big signings. And a team like Pittsburgh just can't compete with that right now right. in terms of, you know, money, spending on players, all of that. So it, apparently, you know, Pittsburgh has this tendency of being a yo-yo team where mm-hmm. one year they'll make the playoffs, the next year they don't. The next year they'll make the playoffs, the next year they don't. And so last year they didn't make the playoffs. So I'm really hoping this year they do make the playoffs. Sure. Um, last year there was, you know, they they fired their coach midseason, got a new coach. So there was a lot of stuff going on with that, um, a lot of turnover with players. But this season, you know, the team came out, and I want to say they started training camp in, like, January in Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. So there were pictures of the guys out there making, like, snow angels on the field. They, <laughs> But the thing is, is that I applaud them for that because come, you know, March 25th, mm-hmm. uh, when the season opens here, it's not going to be great. Like, I think almost... 80% of the home games last year, it rained. So it's, mm. we don't have oh, great wow. weather here during, yeah, during the games. Um, so they're just sort of embracing it and saying, this is our home field. We're going to learn to play in this. And, right. and that's that. So the players, you know, seem to have responded really well to it. It seems like it's a really tight knit group of guys. Um, we've been talking to a number of the players. We've had the coach, the owners on the show. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because I think sure. that I'm a big believer that, you know, uh, in soccer, the sum is greater than the individual parts. Sure. Um, and so if you have a team that's really clicking well together, even if their you know, individual talent levels are below that of some of the other teams, they have the ability to do something. So do I think that the Hounds are going to you know, win the East this year? No. Um, do I think that they may you know, squeak into the playoffs maybe one or two spots above the line? I think they got a good shot at that, sure. and that's really what we're hoping for. I mean, mm-hmm. like you, like you said, you know, the similar path as as uh, Tulsa last year. Sometimes trying to do the podcast was just it was painful, man. Like like coming <laughs> in, all right, let's let's talk about another loss, all right, sure. and uh, so yeah, we're we're hoping for our turnaround. And so far, you know, it's preseason, but uh, um, we're 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 pretty optimistic. You know, it's kind so. of funny on when we're doing a Tulsa soccer show last year during you know the towards the end of the season when things were just going terrible our viewership was going up or listenership, I should say was going up. So I don't know if maybe <laughs> Oklahoma city fans or people were like, just kind of taking misery in our pain, you know, or taking, you know, or shade and Floyd, yeah. you know, they're taking little, you know, taking, having a little fun with it, but it, it's kind of interesting. Sometimes, you know, people kind of listen cause they all want to be mad or upset about it. And they need, they need some outlet, you know? So yeah. hopefully none of us have to go through that and it's all good news this year. And, uh, you know, we go through and, you know, be right there in the playoff mix on both of our teams. And uh, so I'm also doing this week uh, uh, the Western Conference preview, but I'll, I'll get your – who do you think is going to win the East or who do you think is going to be right there in the mix for, uh, in, in the East? So, I mean, the East has a lot of really good teams again this year and, uh, and you know, really – I think the Red Bulls are always going to be up near the top just because sure. their their entire program from top to bottom um, is really top-notch. I think Cincinnati may take a little bit of a tumble um, after their inaugural year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you always have New York. I think Louisville will probably be up near the top again. Mm-hmm. And then, really, I think the big one and probably my pick to win the East is going to be the Tampa Bay Rowdies, which yeah. they came over from the NASL. They just made two – massive signings um they brought over the uh the one player the defender from wolfsburg um and then they also got a forward i think it's a jamaican forward who played some time in the mls and just really from top to bottom they've got just the depth is is ridiculous Mm. and uh you know talking to some of the guys again you know like you said the whole benefit of the network the guys who do the uh the unused subs podcast and they they're feeling pretty confident as well so I think those, you know, New York, Tampa, um, Louisville, to me, those are probably going to be the teams to beat right. um, in, in the East. So, yeah. What, what, how, how are you feeling about the West? Uh, that's the great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later, but just I, it's, it's going to be open. I think there's a lot of teams, you know, you can't just write off one team. You know, Arizona is going through a little bit of a change and getting some really high-profile teams or high-profile players in. 
uh, you know, Tulsa's going through a change where they're bringing in a lot of a uh, lot of new players, new coach. So there's a lot of X factors out there. There's a lot of teams we just don't know what they're going to do, yeah. but they look like they've get they've got better in the off season. And then of course you've got Sacramento who keeps getting better. You have Reno who looks like they're going to be competitors uh, as well. And then of course who knows about the two teams? You know you've got the Vancouver, Seattle, uh, Swope Park. You know Swope Park represented the West in the championship game last year. You know I know there's a little bit of a different focus there on their academy players. So. Who knows what that's going to look like? And they had a lot of turnover from their team last year. So, you know, Rio Grande, you can't write those guys off. San Antonio got a lot better. Uh, it's going to be really interesting in the West. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to – you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll leave my pick for the, for the other segment coming up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll uh, – yeah, I think it's going to be wide open. And there, it'll be a great, great season in the West. I just hope that – you know, that no team just falls off the planet. And, you know, like kind of like we did last year where, yeah. you know, there, there's one team that everybody was beating. But, you know, I feel like it's going to be a different season this year. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, the, the better the matches, the, the more fun it is for the fans. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for at least. And that's kind of, like I said, I know I didn't answer the question. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be good in the West for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and one of the discussions that I've had with a number of people is just – I'm a fan of the USL almost more so than MLS. I used to be diehard mm-hmm. MLS, but now I feel like the USL is almost like it's more of the wild west sort of mentality sure. of you have these teams, all these new teams are coming in and um there's a ton of lower division team uh, lower division teams that want to come up to the USL, so it's right. just this constant expansion and all these new teams and it's just all this turnover and it's it's just crazy and you never really know what to expect. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm 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 excited for more of that this year and just see how everything shakes out from east, west, north, south, everywhere. I think sure. it's just going to be a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm I'm chopping at the bits. I can't wait and you know, uh just a couple of weeks now, I guess. It is the 25th when the all the teams, yeah. I think there's maybe a Friday game on the 24th that that's out there but majority of matches start 25th so uh who do you guys open up against on the 25th so the uh the usl loves us for uh (laughs) for i think this is the third third time in four years we're opening with uh last season's champions oh boy so we get yeah so we so we're like this is gonna be great you know rebuilding year and we get the red bulls right out the gate right um so yeah, that's that's what we. But luckily, we'll get them at home, so it, it'll be it'll be rowdy down at Highmark Stadium. Um, but uh, yeah, we get them, and then we get MC Cincinnati right behind them. So oh boy, it's, yeah, we we have a we have a tough opening stretch, but you know what? We got to get through it, and sure. uh, and hopefully come out on the other side with a few points, and and just keep rolling from there. Yeah, we start out with Colorado Springs, and then RGV. So yeah, it's <laughs> we yeah. USL did us no favors at the beginning of the season <laughs> at all. No, I think it's either RGV or Sacramento. I can't, but they're like the next team. So it's it's RGV, Sacramento, you know, followed preceded by Colorado Springs. So yeah, we did not get any favors for our start either. So, uh, Hey Mike, thanks so much for your time today. And, uh, uh, I'll let you get, get back to your day. And, and again, tell folks, uh, the website and, and also, uh, how people can uh, interact and get a hold of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if anybody wants to go check anything out, head over to bgn.fm. That's where all the shows are listed, including uh, Tornado Alley now. Um, so you mm-hmm. want more stuff, Tornado Alley, head over there. Yeah, really good stuff. If anybody has any questions about BGN or, you know, if you have your own show, you're interested in joining, there's a contact us section right there on the page. You can just fill it out. Those emails come to me. I'll get right back to you. We'll work stuff out. And uh, yeah, man, we, uh, I'm just happy that the creation of BGN has allowed for more conversations like this um, with other podcasters out there. And so, you know, I just want to thank you for everything that you're doing. Wish you best of luck this season. I'm sure this is not the last time that we'll be talking to each other on air either. Um, And uh, you know, I guess, Best luck to the uh, to the Roughnecks as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, to you guys in Pittsburgh, maybe you have some nice warm weather up there. We'll, we'd <laughs> love to give you some of this weather in July. I promise you, where it's 110 <laughs> degrees and we can't even drink beer because it's too hot. You know, I mean, seriously, it's, yeah. it's, it gets it gets that's that's when you know it's really hot when people aren't yeah. drinking beer. So, <laughs> anyway, Mike, thanks so much, man. We'll holler at you here. Uh, I'm sure in the near future. Sounds good. Thanks, Roger. There you have it, folks. I expect great things for this podcast. And and ultimately, it's about the listeners. And for you folks that tune in every week, 
anything I can do to add value to those listening, I'm going to do it. Simple as that. And I think being able to collaborate with BGN, with uh, other podcasters, I think it's going to be advantageous. I don't think. I know it will be advantageous to folks listening. I can able I can be able to ask questions that you know, it, you know, sometimes it's hard to dig dig around on on Twitter or on social media to figure out who I need to be asking and who I need to contact. This way we can collaborate and be able to have those discussions and have a better understanding of what's going on in the league. And now we're going to bring it back to Tulsa. The Roughnecks signed former Colo Colo defender Modu Jadama. Colo uh, Colo is one of the powerhouses, really, of the Chilean Soccer League. Played there for two and a half years. He is now here in Tulsa. Uh, most likely to play center back. 22-year-old defender. So, young guy. And, you know, so far in the, in the uh, preseason, he's looked pretty good. He's done some nice things, and uh, I think he's only—he's going to be one of these players you don't hear about much because he's doing his job. That's the thing about defenders. You, you don't want to hear their names much. So we will have a good signing, or we do have a good signing there with the Roughnecks. Uh, and also, speaking of Tulsa, we had the two friendlies this past week, one on Monday and the other one on Saturday. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. The Chicago Fire was the uh, friendly on Monday. It wasn't a stream, so it was a little bit tough to kind of keep up with, but the Roughnecks came out victorious, 2-1, to one, goal by, uh, goals by Svontessen and Kondrakin. Pasha Kondrakin with a goal in the second half. Uh, just a couple of things to note from the match. Uh, Juninho did play. Uh, he was suspended for the first match of the MLS season, he did play both halves. I, I don't know how much he played in the second half. Or, like I said, we don't have a lot of information on what happened in the in the uh, friendly just because it wasn't streamed. But we know that. Uh, Tulsa got the win, got a couple of goals that uh, and, and seemed to sustain some Chicago attacks. It seemed, from what I could read and, and understand, that Chicago was on the attack for most of the match. So to only give up one goal there, I think, is a good sign. A good sign for the defense. So that was the, the takeaways there. Also, there were uh, three guys that came over and uh, and played in the second half for the Roughnecks. And, uh, you know, we have uh, – it was interesting. We had a, a tweet yesterday or maybe it was on Friday. I can't remember. Um, it was by the uh, – uh, the Los Re- the Los Roughnecks uh, site, and uh, it looked like it alluded to three players coming over from uh, Chicago, and then it was I checked later and the tweet was down, so I don't know if that meant, oops, we shouldn't have announced that, or if it was a uh, a legit announcement, and I forget the names here. It was um, midfielder Joey Costri, Colin Fernandez, midfielder and defender Matej Dekovic were announced by the uh, Los Roughnecks Twitter account, but then it was taken down. So I don't know if that was an official. There's nothing official through the Roughnecks website or anything uh, to allude that they are officially on the team, but I thought it was an interesting and, and I don't think it was a, to the surprise of a lot of folks if those are the three that do come over. Uh, we've heard names and, and just talking with folks behind the, not behind the scenes, but other uh, folks who did cover Chicago Fire. Those were names that weren't surprised to those folks. So we'll see if that does remain to be true. Uh, I know um, uh, Cleveland also uh, for Chicago played for Tulsa in the second half. Whether that means they're going to bring him over, I'm not sure, but we'll see. We'll see who all comes over and, and things to get, a, a, I guess, a, announcements for the next week here. If if you see those names popping up, you know, the, the season starts on the 25th. So I imagine we'll see some more player signings this week for, for uh, well, Chicago, but for uh, Tulsa. 
and we'll go ahead and with that, we'll move on to the second friendly, which was played on Saturday. It was on Facebook Live. Uh, had some hiccups there on the stream. One of the things that happened was about uh, 20, well, first off, in about first five minutes of the match, the, the screen went blank. And uh, yeah, just went blank and we could hear the audio, but the visual was out. I think I think it was after five minutes. Maybe it was the first about 10 minutes of the match it happened. And then about minute 20 into the match or 20 minutes into the match, there was a, a graphic that showed up for a yellow card that ran for the next 10 minutes, which covered up the 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 video feed of the match. So there was some hiccups there in the first half. Uh, there was a goal by Sac or wow by San Antonio in the first half. Uh, Billy Forbes, uh, former Rio OKC, former San Antonio Scorpions forward winger, I guess, scored uh, a guy that I'm pretty high on that will cause a lot of problems for teams. He's very quick, gets behind the defense. You know, he's going to cause problems for teams if you do not mark him or if you get play, try to play an offside trap and he breaks it, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, and then the other goal um, by Tulsa, which we thought at first it was Juan Pablo Caffa. He, he hits the ball in, but I guess it was a, a deflection and Ayala was um, credited for the goal. Both happened in the first half. And then in the second half, you know, temper started flaring a little bit. Um, I know Juan Pablo Caffa and uh, Rafa uh, Casillo both kind of got into a little bit of a dust-up, a, a little bit of a uh, skirmish, I guess. A skirmish happened, and uh, and Casillo, he, Castillo looked like he kind of swung or maybe made a made a motion like he was trying to throw a punch. Or I, I'm not sure really that this is – I missed it. I was stepped out of the room when it happened. Uh, he gets red carded, which you don't see very often in a friendly. So I'm wondering, my theory, or at least what I'm wondering, is if uh, Casilla and uh, or Castile and um, Kafa have some sort of history playing in South America against each other, which you know that adds to the intrigue of this this rivalry. These two teams were getting hot and heavy and getting after each other, playing a friendly. So. We'll see if that translates over to the regular season. If San Antonio and uh, Tulsa become a little bit of a heated rivalry, maybe there's a little bit of a pass to some of these players playing in South America against each other and it's kind of boiling over here into the USL. So we'll see. I'm excited. I like to see those emotions going. I like to see teams get after each other. It's more competitive. It's a adds a little spice to those matches. And then plus, it's a regional rival with San Antonio and you know, I like to see I like to see some of this, and you know, you don't want to see anything dirty or anything like that happen. But I think uh, I think it'll be good. It's just good to get get that uh, extra juice there, I guess, or extra motivation for those matches. So good stuff. Uh, ended in one one draw. I think for Tulsa for both of those matches, the, you know, the takeaways were, you know, uh, when Castillo or Rafa Casilla went out in the uh, second half. You, they were down to 10 men. And, you know, it seemed like Tulsa kind of struggled to make anything happen. Uh, with that advantage, there was some chances. Uh, there was a really big chance right there at the end of the first half that Walito Fernandez had the ball at his feet right in front of goal, had an open net, and either he was out of position and, and mishit the ball or, you know, he looked like he was kind of falling and hitting the ball at the same time. So, you know, sometimes you just miss hit it, get you know, you get underneath the ball. But it was a play that I think probably should have been scored on. Uh, another couple takeaways that I could just from what I watched, you know, I think Kafa had a pretty good game. Um and um uh, Shadama playing in the back did a good job. You know, so I think uh there's there's some certainly things to be happy about if you're a Tulsa fan. You know, you, you want to see another goal if you have um, 40 minutes of a man advantage. You want to see more opportunities in the second half. 
you know, I know they're kind of subbing out players, giving some other folks playing time, but you want to see uh, more offense in, in those situations. And hopefully that'll, you know, come come with the team as the uh, season progresses and as they get more familiar with each other. But overall, can't be disappointed in that result. Winning 2-1 at Chicago, good result there. And, you know, I, so far so good. You know, you want to see results like this. You know, a lot of people don't give a lot of credence to the preseason matches, but, you know, the thing is, is you're not getting blown out. You're in each match, and you're getting results as well. So good stuff. I'm excited. I think you are. Tulsa fan, you should be as well. Okay, and we'll, we'll kind of expand on that thought there and look at all these other teams that are in the Western Conference. And I have Evan Eister on uh, with the Indomitable City Soccer as we will get together and preview the Western Conference for the 2017 season. And I think you'll be very interested in hearing what he has to say and the teams that he expects to be there competing in the West in 2017. All right, folks, I have a great guest that's on to talk Western Conference soccer. Evan Eister of Indomitable City Soccer. Uh, you can reach him on Twitter. You're probably more familiar with his name on Twitter as Iron Pony Chef. Evan, how's it going today, man? Pretty good. How are you doing today, Roger? I'm doing, doing very well. We're uh, probably like you, geared up, getting ready for this season to start. Uh, I think we were all ready for it to start yesterday, right? Yes, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know um, you're a great follow on Twitter and, and always provide good insight and some and obviously your stats are uh, something I really pay attention to. But I know you pay attention to some of these other teams in the West. Uh, I know more specifically Sacramento. But uh, kind of give me your take on how the West is going to shake out this year. Well, to me, in the West, we have different tiers. You have the top teams, which are the ones who I think are your picks to not only make the thoughts but make it into the finals and play whoever comes out of the East this year, which are the teams like Sacramento, Rio Grande Valley, mm-hmm. uh, the new team on the block, Reno, who is a fun one to look at and affiliated the same way as RGB is, which is the reason I'm kind of high on them, as you all saw how good RGB played last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm also pretty high on Oklahoma going into the season. Mm-hmm. Then you have your mid-tier teams, the ones who are going to be threats but might not, who are threats to come out of the West but not the favorites. Then you have your kind of dark horse and wild card teams near near the bottom. But the West is, as always, very balanced top to bottom. And we saw a team like Swope Park who was average for most of the season catch fire and make it out last year. So anything can happen in this league. Yeah, and then obviously one of the really shocks last season was Orange County going up to Sacramento and getting a result there. I don't. I don't think anyone saw that happen. You know, see saw that really happening. So you know, you get into the playoffs. It's it's really a, almost a coin flip for those matches, isn't it? Right. We've got to the point where a lot of these teams, there's not enough of a difference between them to really make anything a safe pick anymore. Right. Well, let's talk Sacramento. One of the teams you mentioned as uh, one of the favorites. What What are you kind of expecting? Uh, they've had some acquisitions in the offseason. One most notably around here is uh, the acquisition of Semi Ochoa. Uh, well, for one, you know, what do you kind of see that Sacramento this season? And two, uh, are you excited about Sammy's uh, contribution uh, to the team this year? Right. Sacramento is going to be, a, I think, a very different team than mm-hmm. its past seasons. They lost what their leading scorer, Cameron Delasa, to well to it's probably going to be Swope Park for most of the season this year. Mm-hmm. And in return, they picked up, said, Sammy Ochoa from Tulsa. And they also picked up Trevin Caesar and Tyler Blackwood, who are high scorers from Orange County and Arizona slash Phoenix. Well, yeah. Phoenix now. And their problem, I think, is going to be their defense this year, who their top four center backs on the depth chart. We had Mike Defont is still still in Sacramento, still playing. Then Chris Christian is no longer with the team. He apparently is not on trial out in Europe. Okay. And so there's no telling if he's ever going to show up here again. Then you have um, Derek Foran, who's gone back and is playing in Ireland. 
And Carlos Rodriguez, which was the young player who fractured his ankle in the preseason, in the preseason match and is out for probably most of the season. So that's going to be a scary point when you lose three of your best four center backs. Right. Yeah, that's that's never good. And that is a, such a crucial position, uh, you know, to keep all the people out of the middle there. And uh, and obviously we kind of saw a little bit of that last night with the um, the, the friendly between Sacramento and Reno. Uh, Sacramento goes up 3-0 like in the 25th minute. I leave and come back and find out Sereno scored three goals back in, to, to tie the game up. Right. That's, they were playing a couple trial center backs there who I'm hoping are just learning how to work with each other instead mm. of that's going to be indicative of what happens this season. But I don't think Sacramento is going to keep their top five in the West for best defense anymore. I think that's going to be a thing in the past and they're going to be relying on their offense more than they have in the past. Well, do you, uh, you know, you mentioned you had the top th- top four is Oklahoma City, RGV, FC, and Reno. I know with Oklahoma City uh, kind of struggled there towards the end of the season. And, you know, I had James Poling on uh, a few weeks ago, said, you know, one of the reasons why Oklahoma City kind of made the playoffs last year was the fact that they got to play Tulsa four times. Uh, do you do you think that they're going to be quite a bit improved? And, you know, I know one of the things they did well last year is defend. Do you, do you think that they're going to score a lot of points, score more points to kind of put them in that contender uh, category? Well, I think they're going to score. I don't think they can score many less goals than last year. Sure. They ended up with only 32 goals, which was only better than the Monarchs and Tulsa in the West. So when you consider they were 13 to 15 for scoring, I think they could only go up from there, but they averaged only one goal against them a game. And I think their defense is going to be the same this year. Mm-hmm. If they could continue to keep that, that's probably the biggest thing we could have because I remember looking back since the 2000, starting the 2011 season with more or less the modern USL, only one team has ever won the championship averaging more than a goal a game against them. And that was, I think it's 2011 Charleston who allowed like 1.1 goal a game. Mm-hmm. So the top defense is something you need to have and Oklahoma city is going to keep that this year. Right. And in, in RGV FC, we've, they had Wilmer Cabrera who, you know, I've talked about in this podcast. I'm very excited to see him move up to the, to the MLS ranks and he's certainly not disappointing. Uh, so are you expecting RG? Obviously you said they're going to be one of the contenders this year. Do you, do you think there's any all possibility of a drop off since Wilmer Cabrera went up and, and you have that leadership uh, from him that it's not there, but I guess in a way it is indirectly uh, or do you just kind of see them not missing a beat and, and being right there in the mix for the 2017 season? They might not be the number one team, but mm-hmm. with, it seems the affiliation way that it works with uh, RGB and Houston mm-hmm. was so successful last year. I think until you start proving that you can't do that and sure. they can't be successful, you have to consider them a major threat. They're going to have a lot of young talent that's brought in and the way that mixes what teams with just affiliates and the teams with the MLS two connections, the advantage to both of them come into play. And even though they've lost, they've lost players and like you said, all that happened. There's no way of really knowing how if a team, well, sorry. I mean, last year they were plus 23 goal differential, mm-hmm. scored 47 goals, led the second in the West in that best defense in the West. Even if it's a pretty large roster turnover, I think they've proven the style works. And I think sure. that's one of the big points there. Yeah, now, now obviously, and this is why I'm also high on Reno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, as Reno, it's it's a it's a similar affiliate as it's like an owner affiliate, but the Reno they run the operations. Is that correct? Right, I believe that's the setup where you have the affiliates, but you have the yeah, you have the affiliate that's ran by the ran by the local guys and well, with Reno, they, I mean, as simple as enough as just saying Tommy Thompson. I think for Reno, I mean, yeah. if you're going to see him ten games a year for. 10 games a year, that's a good start. Yeah, yeah. I know here in Tulsa, and we were talking prior to this, you know, Tommy Thompson's a little bit of a four, four-letter four word around here because <laughs> back in 2015 for Sacramento, he suited up and was skipping around our defenders and scoring at will, and we were in the middle of a playoff hunt. So, you know, we, we know what he's certainly capable of, and, and we'll be – Hopefully we don't get to see him a lot this year, but it'll be it'll be fun if he gets to come to Tulsa and we get to 
kind of cheer against them a little bit. But uh, anyway, uh, any, any teams that you think maybe just a big surprise team or somebody that maybe comes off the radar that a lot of people aren't talking about that could make a make a serious run at the playoffs? Well, I think uh, some of the teams are going to make some improvements. Phoenix is going to get a lot better. They've had a lot of great signings over the offseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at their, their roster now compared to their roster was last year. They did lose Tyler Blackwood to Sacramento, but they kept Luke Rooney and then picked up Sean Wright Phillips is going to be going to be pretty good. I mean, there's no way of really telling how he's going to end up, but I'd be surprised if he it doesn't get the kind of that golden boot race or something like that as the season moves on. They picked up Mike Seth from Colorado Springs, who's another under-the-radar under the pickup. He, uh, he had 12 goals over the two years he played there and kept getting better as he went on. So they're gonna, I think they're going to be one of those teams that kind of shows up, and I think people are expecting it, but I think they might show up a lot better than teams they're thinking they're going, they're going to. Right, yeah, I know. I know some of the guys I've talked to that, you know, they're, they're, they're seem to be – pretty high on Phoenix. I'm, I'm a little more reserved in, in that. Okay. Well, I'll see it when I believe it and, and knowing kind of where they've been in the past couple of seasons. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I think, you know, they've made some really big splashes in the off season. And, you know, I think like you said, they're, they're a team that made, made some moves that try to improve their, their stock in the West. So yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do. And, um, you know, if I have to get a way too early prediction from you, and I know we're going to look back and go, oh, that was hilarious, you know. Uh, what? How do you see – who are your top eight teams to make the playoffs for 2017 in the West? Again, the West, I, like I said, the first four would be the – yeah, the RGV, Reno, Sacramento, and Oklahoma City group, who I feel is pretty good about – getting in there. I think you have to pencil in LA as your mm-hmm. habitual fourth through sixth seed. So sure. they'll, they'll get in somehow. Yeah. They always, they always do. Mm-hmm. Then it starts getting a little bit more murky. I'm, I want to say Colorado Springs. They've lost, they definitely lost talent, but they're still a good side. So they'd probably be my number six pick. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix, I think, I think you have to put Phoenix in this time. They've gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. And again, it's all on paper at this point. I haven't seen them play enough meaningful games to say yes, they're certainly in, but I'd give them my number seven and eight is kind of a toss up. I think you could, you could give it to either San Antonio, Portland, Vancouver, Swope Park, but I think I'm actually would give that to San Antonio at this point okay. as the number eight team. They've, they'll improve just enough to get in. They're not going to light the world on fire, but mm-hmm. I think you have to respect them a little bit more this year. They were close last year, and I think that's where they get over that bubble. Yeah, no, I think those are all good picks. Um, you know, the teams that I, I that I'll be like, oh, let's wait and see what happens. Like I said, Phoenix, you know, Reno, well, their new team, but with that owner affiliate of uh, San Jose, I think that's going to be advantageous for them. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm always a little hesitant to jump on teams the first year. But, you know, I did the same thing for Rio Grande last year and, and ate my words. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a great – th- like you said, the West tends to be a little more open, a little more balanced. Even teams that underperformed last year uh, will have a chance to to redeem themselves. And, you know, there's been a lot of moves. And, you know, Salt Lake City is a team that's made a lot of moves. And, you know, and, and some of these two teams are just kind of, a, like you said, are a wild card. So I'll, I'll be very interested to see, and, and we'll see how, how your picks kind of pan out for the, as the season progresses. And um, I think all things being equal, those are some good picks there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm excited. I'm ready to get, get this season started. And uh, I know you are as well, and I'll be also interested in reading uh, all your stats that you pick, pick, uh, that you pick up and, and that you post out there for the Twitter world. So tell, tell folks uh, where you're at, how they can follow you, and anything you'd like to plug. Well, my Twitter handle is at IronPonyChef. That is a very long story of why it is, but it's, <laughs> it's just – it's there now. Uh, if you see me in the YouTube chat from the UOP 2012, which you could probably tell by the avatar of who I am. Mm-hmm. But I mostly talk about the numbers behind why things are break- seem to be breaking the way they are. I work with Ryan Allen, who's also a Indominable City Soccer writer on the ELO rankings, which are a way to try to rank the teams based on their performance. If you've ever played chess, it's like the rankings you see for those. Mm-hmm. 
and every week I try to get something out. If not, if not at least the ELO rankings out every week, if not some other stat pieces. I'm trying to wrap up a couple other ones here before the season starts. So if you like the numbers and you like the odds, please feel free to give me a follow and hopefully I won't disappoint you. If you have any, also if people have any specific things they want to see, feel free to tweet at me and let me know. I might, if I'm not tracking it, I probably should. <laughs> so I'm always interested in keeping track of more of those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and stats. And I know USL is going to this uh, new group um, and you may know more of a little bit about that, but I would, I think that's one thing you provide that, you know, we can't, we don't see out there are some of these ELO rankings and um, you know, these goals against goes forward that, you know, people like me who love numbers, you know, can really kind of look into and dive into and nerd out, I guess, so to speak. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see how that pans out. And obviously I'll be following your rankings uh, throughout the year and, get my spreadsheet and follow along as well. So, um, uh, again, folks, Evan Eister with the uh, Indomitable City Soccer. Evan, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch here in the near future. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you so much, Evan. And, you know, I'm, I'm inter- I was very interested to hear how he or wh- who he thought would be there in the West as the season would end. I'm a little, you know, I'm a little hesitant on a couple of his picks. I think uh, Phoenix is one that I, I'm gonna have to wait and see what see what they can do. Um, I know they've made a lot of moves, but sometimes it doesn't exactly work, you know, or the team doesn't mesh together. But who knows? I could be dead wrong, and they could be in first place and winning it the whole time. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be great. I think the West is uh, is going to be a little more open than it seems. And there may have, I think it got better from last year. So again, we'll, we'll see. We're, you know, we're two weeks away. All right. So we'll kind of move on from the USL into MLS action on Saturday. Since I'm recording on Saturday, I won't have a chance to watch the Sunday games and talk about it just like last week, but that's okay. We'll talk about the Saturday games, a couple of matches of importance around these parts, as they say. We had Dallas at Kansas City. Dallas playing with basically a almost a second team. Uh, the, uh, Oscar Pareda went with uh, resting some of the players instead of playing uh, the first teamers due to the CONCACAF Champions League match on Tuesday with playing Pachuca. Wanted to give those guys a blow so they don't have to turn around, play 90 minutes, then three days later play a very, very important CONCACAF Champions League match. But the big news there, the result was a nil-nil draw. Uh, FC Dallas had some chances in the first half, uh, 29th minute. I thought they um, squandered an opportunity there right in front of net. Um, the, the striker puts it off the woodworks. And, you know, it could have gone in. It's one of those 50-50 things, but it didn't. And then uh, Sporting Kansas City had some opportunities in the second half to put themselves ahead, but that didn't get done. Another draw for Sporting Kansas City. Another clean sheet with Sporting Kansas City as well. So starting off season with two draws, Dallas with one win and a draw. The other... Uh, match of importance around here is the uh, Chicago Fire. Let's let's talk about the Fire for just a second, if you don't mind. The Fire seemed to have made a little bit of a turn here. They were hosting uh, Real Salt Lake at home, first match of the season at home uh, for the for the Fire. And boy, let me tell you, they uh, there was a really interesting play that happened to get Chicago's first score. Um, Nico or Nikolic, he he was way ahead. He was he looked like he was just completely off sides, and the ball gets deflected by a uh, Real Salt Lake defender, and the ball gets played forward, and he's just sitting there with the middle, no one around, no one within ten yards of him. He has the ball. It's just one on one with a keeper. And everybody's turning around looking like, oh, is this offsides? Everybody turned around, looked, thinking it was an offsides. And no, it wasn't. It was a defender. 
hit the ball back toward the offensive player, just sitting there. Nikolic was just wide open and ran it back, beat the keeper, put the ball in the back of the net, minute 11, put it up Chicago 1-0. And then Alturo Alvarez came in on the 15th minute to make it 2-0 for the Chicago Fire, who held on to win the match 2-0. Or uh, Juninho back, Dax McCarty. So both of those guys in the midfield uh, did some solid work there. Uh, it looked like, uh, yeah, uh, you're Chicago. You've got to be happy with these past two results, getting the draw at Columbus and then winning at home, taking care of business. Uh, it was like 28 degrees for that match, so pretty cold match. Pretty cold, pretty cold. Uh, but, hey, that's a good Good place, four points through two games for Chicago. Cannot be disappointed there. And then the other matches around the, uh, I guess, around the league. We had uh, the Red Bull New York beat Chicago. Or, wow, Red Bull New York at home against Colorado. Gets the 1-0 victory there. Uh, and then San, San Jose at home against Vancouver, 3-2 with the result there. And then... Toronto at Philadelphia, a 2-2 draw. Uh, the big story there, Giovinco got into a collision with Oguchi Onyewu. Looks like he, you know, looked pretty bad as well as knees. You know, he injured his knee. You know, he's limping off the field. You're thinking, oh, man, he's going to be out for a while. It uh, looks like early indications are that he uh, had a strained MCL or a strained patella or it wasn't like a tear or anything like that. That was as of right now, and that could change, but it looks like he's not going to be out for a long time. So good news there. Hopefully continues on. Uh, another couple of scores here, Montreal and Seattle, 2-2 uh, draw. Uh, again, there's like the same Seattle team we watched last week play Houston. You know, Seattle struggled uh, in the first half, and Montreal took advantage of that. And I... Uh, that was just kind of what I saw in the match. I had left by the time second half started, but you know they get the draw on the road in Montreal. Had a they played at the Olympic Stadium there, thirty eight thousand folks there watching the match. Pretty good turnout for Montreal. But good result if you're Seattle. You, you you don't want to lose another match there. Get get a point on the road and move on down there. You know move on to the next one. Columbus and Houston. Wow, Houston just continues on their ways uh like i said last week i'm really high on uh, uh, uh wow um wilmer cabrera and his coaching abilities and it looks like uh we were not disappointed again houston making a run six points through two games um on the standings uh quito with another goal and on the second minute i mean right off the bat before people were grabbing their beers and peanuts and you know, setting down, he's already had a goal. And then Ellis with a goal in the 35th minute. And then Cubo Torres. Torres going on his ways in the 65th minute. And then with Columbus had a goal there in stoppage time. 3-1, the result, Houston at Columbus. I believe No, I'm sorry, Houston was at home. Columbus on the road to Houston. Good scoreline. If you're a Dynamo fan, you have to be excited about what's going on there. So, yeah, we uh, wanted to touch on some MLS action. Um, a really interesting thing that happened in Liga MX, the refs went on strike and canceled all the matches for this week's games. Looks like there was some um, a couple of incidents in midweek matches where uh, you had the refs were uh, basically accosted by some of these players that didn't agree with a call. Two red cards were shown, and I guess these were pretty high incidents that the refereeing association said, "Hey, there's no more. We can't, we can't be in a position to where we're, you know, we're fearful of of a retaliation because of a bad call." So they got together, said, "As a protest, we're not going to ref the matches this week." So hopefully, all that gets sorted out. You know, you refs make bad calls all the time. They're human beings. You know, I I don't like it. No one likes bad calls, but you know they're not doing it on purpose for the most part. You know, well, you, that's the assumption, right? Um, you know, you don't want to see 
you know, you've had some incidents where people, you know, been violent towards officials. You know, they're just trying to do their job, trying to call it the best way they can. They're going to get it wrong sometimes. Most times you get it right. You know, uh, I think, uh, you know, I always get a little annoyed when I see these players just circle up uh, a ref because, oh, well, get, get the guy the red or, you know, oh, I disagree with that call or, you know, they're in their coat, they're in the ref's face and, you know, I, I – Sometimes, you know, does that influence a call? You know, who knows? You know, these refs get intimidated or, you know, get into a situation where they're not, you know, they don't feel safe. You know, I, you don't want to see that. So uh, hopefully all that gets resolved and Liga MX moves on and it continues on as it is or with more improvements there. So that was something of interest this week. And then also... It uh, looks like, uh, you know, some folks are getting a little, um, I don't know, restless on the Arsene Wenger or getting restless on him. Uh, you know, I'm an Arsenal fan. You know, I think, uh, you know, I kind of feel like it may be time to move on as a organization. But, you know, is this a systemic issue? Is this, you know, just because you remove Arsene, does that fix the problem of the complacency that seems to have occurred at the comp or at the at the at the team of you know getting top four, very consistent top four, but the problem is is Arsenal isn't competitive in European soccer. They're they can't compete with the Real Madrids, the Barcelonas, and what seems to be Bayern Munich who just filleted Arsenal this week in an aggregate scoring of ten to two. Over two match period, obviously the natives are growing restless in North London, and it may be time to figure out an exit strategy. But I'd also say I would love to see a different ownership group come in. It just seems like there's, uh, you know, the Cronkies and 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 these guys. Uh, you know, they're obviously it seems like they're more. You know, you've got to make money. I get it. I understand that, but there seems to be a reluctancy to spend on high-profile free agent picks. And I think that's what keeps Arsenal not competitive against the higher-profile clubs. And it's been well over 10 years since Arsenal has won the premiership. So I think, yeah, I think just sometimes it's time to make a change. Uh, let's let them play out this season. And... You know, he'll always be a hero in, in, in Arsenal lore. But at some point, just a change has to happen. And it's, it's you know, it's not ideal. You know, it's not a, it's not a, it's a kind of an awkward situation. But I think if you want to go forward, you have to make a move. Otherwise, you, you know what to expect every year. Top four finish, not a win, but just top four finish in EPL get laced in the first round of the Champions League. So that's it. I mean, if that's what you want every year, that's that's kind of what you get if you're Arsenal. And then, obviously, we had one of the best matches ever this past week with uh, Barcelona coming back three goals down in aggregate uh, in in Barcelona to beat PSG to move on in the Champions League. Three goals scored in 10 minutes towards the end of the match put Barcelona ahead. Neymar Jr. is looking like a top three striker in the world right now. So, yeah, good stuff there. Champions League moves on. CONCACAF Champions League this week with Pachuca and FC Dallas as well as Vancouver and Tigres. So that will be happening this week. We'll be paying attention to that. Also with the MLS matches today going on, I'm excited to see what's in store on that end. And on that note, I am going to wrap this podcast up, put a bow on it, and send it on to you folks. Special thanks to the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm. That is where uh, you can find the podcast bgn.fm and you can click on the tornado alley soccer podcast and you'll have all my information there you can subscribe on stitcher google play itunes and as well as soundcloud 
good stuff there. Uh, special thanks to uh, the Beer Garden Wine and Spirits in Jinx, Oklahoma, and also uh, to our guests today, Evan Eister and Mike Sparks, for coming on the show. And as always, folks, you have a good week. God bless you. Thanks so much.